I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time of Spirituality. Just wanted to remind you guys that I have a workshop coming up this weekend with my friend Gabriella Alziari, and we're going to be talking all about spirit guides and connecting with intuition, and there's going to be a quantum healing slash past life regression exercise in there, so come ready for a group regression and some really cool information on spirit guides, and uh, yeah, hope to see you there. All right, now on to the part I'm excited for also. I mean, I'm excited for that, but I just recorded another episode for season four. And guys, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for the way it's shaping up. I'm already recording episodes for season five as well. So cool. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited for the future for the show. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited. I just want to get that out because I'm a little giddy about it. So, yeah, we're going to just call it right at that. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode today. Uh, this was one that I recorded a couple months ago. And it was my first episode back from a recording hiatus. So at a certain point, I just I couldn't contain myself anymore. You guys will see it at the end or towards the end. I just... There's that side of me that comes out. Yeah, this was a good one. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and see you this Sunday, October 8th on Zoom. So with all that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now it's time to begin. Adelie, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm good. That's it. Awesome. Proud yeah, of you. St- still, you know, after all these months and years, you think I'd stop being a goober at these. I, I still don't know what to do. I'm just such a door. Anyways, <sighs> so I'm going to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Oh, those A's you were making with your hands? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's gooberific. Anyways, ready for the first question? Yes, let's do it. What is your favorite song about time and why? Oh, okay. So this also, is hands up for one. the guest of the year. So I got my hands Proud up. Proud of you. You're doing great. Savage Garden. I'm trying to remember the name, but I could sing it. We could try. Uh, it's that song where it's like, I want to stand with you on a mountain. Truly wanna... madly deeply. Or yes. truly madly deeply, yeah. Yes. So that became, while it's not technically about time, I imagine it to be just because after I had the regression with you, I sort of, every time I hear that song now, I really think of like how you want to have all these multiple lifetimes standing with that person at the top of the mountain, bathing in the sea and living like that forever. And you can, you can see it, but this is a dance that one of the football players used to do. 
every time it came on. <laughs> All right. You ready for the guest of the year? Do it. So this is where it becomes a little tricky since it's an Australian band. Mm-hmm. So international releases could throw me off a little bit. So I'm I'm more on the, the side of, you know, the U.S. release. Song came out in 97. The album may have come out in 96 or 97 or even possibly 95. But in the U.S., the song was on the radio in 97. It may have topped the charts in early 98, but firmly in 97, I'm going to say. So truly, madly, deeply. 97. You write March of 97. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the silent cheers over there. Yeah. See, that's, that's my little, that's my end zone dance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Finally, I get to get to flex that thing that's been inside. Just truly mad me deeply. 1997. <laughs> Anyways, so who is Adelie? Ooh, Adelie is Adelie is a lot of things. She is an explorer, a seeker of knowledge, constantly learning. So I would say a student and just a person here doing it just like everyone else. Cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the next question? Uh, hit me. Okay, this is a newer one I've been asking. What do you believe in? Ooh, what do I believe in? I was not expecting that, so thank you. <laughs> I believe in, first of all, I believe in myself, which is a big leap from where I have been. Uh, I also believe, I believe in, a higher I wouldn't say a higher power but I believe that like the power is all around us so sort of like you're a master of your own fate captain of your own soul what you believe is what comes back to you and it did take me a really long time to come to that point realizing that I can create the happiness that I so desperately look for so I'm a believer of the energy around me I like that I, mean, so I don't I don't think there's a right or wrong one for that, but that's cool. <laughs> like a believer in the energy around you. Yes. <laughs> so why is it you wanted to have a past life regression? So I was going through a really hard time and I came to this realization that maybe I was holding on to a lot of things from the past, maybe finding out what those things are, I can let go. As I said, I'm a person who I'm constantly learning. I want to try everything. So I sort of looked at past life regression as a way to look into my own past, find the things I couldn't see and be able to make peace with it in the present so I can move on and sort of like become what I'm supposed to be or what I want to be. Maybe not supposed, definitely want. Well, what do you want to be? I want to be a person that can really make waves, not so much on a grand scale. I'm not going out to change the world, but I definitely want to bring up the people that I encounter and I'm around and be able to sort of like 
be that person who can be stable for the people who are going through the hard time that I just went through, or maybe something that's even worse, finding a way to sort of be this, the foundation to help people grow, you know? I think the world needs a little bit more of that. So <laughs> I, I salute that. Thank you. <laughs> so what came up for you in your regression? Oh, well, first of all, we all know that I have trouble letting go. So thank you for helping me through that. The first thing that came up in my regression was my hedgehog. I had a hedgehog named Hedgie. I was a very creative child when it came to naming my pets. But Hedgie the Hedgehog was sort of what got me into that meditative state. I was playing with Hedgie out in our yard where I was trying to get him to curl up in a ball by poking him with a stick. And don't worry, he was not harmed in the making of a ball, but he did eventually roll up and roll towards me. So that was a good time. What else came up for you? Let's see. The second thing would be I was jumping into my neighbor's pool, I believe is what it was. There was something about my neighbor jumping into his pool and, oh, yes, it's because he... I'm just going to say it. he shot himself. So he had to run inside, take a shower. And then we were jumping from his roof into his pool. Uh, and a lot of those lessons, the first Wait, one wait, wait, to... just, just want to, that was S-H-A-T that you said, right? Yes. Shat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I heard that right. I don't think I remember you bringing that up during the regression though. Oh, uh, well, whenever I re-listened to the, the regression, that is definitely what came up. Did you, men did you mention it? Uh, I think I said it quickly. Okay, I may have missed that part. I think yeah. I was just more focused than on, on you jumping out of a second story window into a pool. I mean, is there any yeah. other way to jump into a pool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those those ways are slightly less fun. And what lessons would I have with that, you know? That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry for jumping in there because I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that we... We firmly established that it was an A and not an O. Yes, it was an A. Shat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So before I callously came in and cut you off, <laughs> where were we with, with jumping out of the oh. second story window? Oh, that was basically it. We were talking about jumping out the second story window, sort of the lessons that I was learning or that I ended up learning from both of those sort of present life regressions because these were both memories that I had from when I was younger. But the hedgy one was, it was a two-sided lesson that I got. The first was, I cannot force people to change by poking them with a stick. Otherwise known as people actually have to want to change. And I do a couple of different things, you know, human design and astrology and all that stuff. And I'm a person who I just blurt things out because it's what comes to me. And it may not necessarily be what that person needs at the time. So I'm I'm like, you should change, you should change, roll up into a ball. However, that's not really the way to do it. But on the flip side of it, I also don't have to change myself in order to conform to what people believe I should be or what they want me to be or change in their time. You're perfectly fine changing in your own time. So I got two lessons from that one. And then jumping out the second story window was sort of, I'm definitely afraid of heights. Uh However, I do things from high places to sort of prove to myself that I can do it. 
And it sort of is just the fear of letting go and working through what puts you in a place of fear that might stop you. It's sort of living in that fear, accepting it and doing it anyways. What else came up for you? Ooh, so after that, we go we go into some fun stuff. I The next regression or the next life that came up, I was a blonde lady. And for those of you who can't see me, I am definitely not a blonde lady. I am of the brunette hair and olive skin. So I went into this regression and I was cleaning up these bottles. And it sort of looked like I was in a biker bar, but it was like a little bit older more pre-war during war times I would say and I was cleaning up the bottles and I was very upset why am I cleaning up after all of these people what is the point of me doing this I was only there to go pick up my partner I believe yes I was going to go pick him up and a, a huge bar fight basically ensued so everyone's carted off to the hospital or doing whatever they're doing. And I I was left behind to clean up everyone's mess. This wasn't a bar that I owned. This wasn't even a bar that I inhabited. I felt like my partner at the time was living somewhere in the back, sort of like off to the side. And so I'm there and I'm cleaning up and I was so upset. And you kept asking me why. And all I could say is, well, everyone's going to get in trouble. And so I have to clean up so that nobody gets in trouble. And as you're talking me through these things, you're asking why I'm upset. And I'm like, well, I don't want anybody to be in trouble, but this isn't my responsibility. This is super disrespectful. Why do I have to be the one to clean up after everybody? And you asked me, I believe it was to look in the mirror. You asked me to do something. And I I was like, well, my face is bleeding or there's blood, I think is what I said. There's blood. And you said, where's the blood coming from? And I said, my head. Why was I bleeding? I was in this bar fight too, unbeknownst, like I walked into it and I got hit in the head with a bottle and it made me very upset. (laughs) Was there anything else from that life or was that where we moved on to the Uh, next? We moved on to the next one. What else came up for you? So the next life, I was a redhead and I could only assume I was in... Scotland or Ireland I was definitely this was back in the times when buildings were made of stone and I was walking away from a village I was a man and I remember I was wearing sort of sandaly things and it's like a, a it was it wasn't a kilt but it was definitely like a longer sort of garment And I was walking away from this village and I could hear everybody cheering. Everyone was so happy. And all I remember is walking away, sort of trudging along, thinking, okay, I have to get back out there. I have to keep going. And at that point, a little kid ran up to me and was trying to give me a rabbit pelt. And he was so overjoyed. And it came to me that this was my son. And my son at the time was saying, hey, you know, take a minute, enjoy, enjoy the time. You don't have to go back out there here. You should wear this rabbit pelt sort of as like a, a gift to try to entice me to stay. And I wanted this kid to come with me, but he couldn't because he had to teach everybody else at this village how to hunt. So I'm assuming that I was some sort of provider for this big village. And I just, I was able to feed them. 
But instead of reveling in the victory and the success of being able to feed these people, all I could focus on was more, getting more. They need more. I want to get them more. But then I had this little kid who was my son saying, hey, slow down. Why don't you stay? Why don't why don't you enjoy this time? You don't have to move around so quickly. And what came up for you next? Ooh, let's think. After that was the old man. So I was an old man. And I couldn't even tell you what color my skin was because it was so covered in dirt. It was literally crusted over and I was weak. And y'all, when I say that I was weak, I couldn't move. It was so hard to even breathe, blink my eyes. And I was in this, in this place and it smelled horrible. It smelled like death. And oddly enough, I'm still very sensitive to the smell of death in this lifetime. So thank you. Um, but yeah, so I, it smelled like death. And it was just, it was a room that was covered in straw and all I could see was the sunshine in one direction and then a fire with some porridge in front of me. And all I could think was, oh, if I could just get to the sunshine, things are going to be so much better if I could just get out there. But I couldn't. And I was so weak and I was so upset and I saw this porridge. All I could think is, I don't want that porridge. So I used what very little strength I had to reach out and just dump this porridge out of a fire all over the floor. And it is everywhere. And at that point, the caretaker runs in and the caretaker sort of gets on me about, you know, what are you doing? You don't need to be pouring, pouring that out. And I'm begging this caretaker, like, I just want the sunshine. I just want to, I want to go out there. And the response I kept getting was, you're too weak. I know what's best for you. You need to stay in here. How dare you pour this porridge out? And she basically leaves the porridge on the ground, runs back around the corner. And I can sort of hear her laughing a little bit. And me as this old man, I settle back down into where I was laying. And I turn and my wife is laying dead next to me, which is where the smell was coming from. If I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm conflating sessions mm -hmm. here. This was, I don't know if it was necessarily a, a leper colony or leper house, but I there were other people in there who were yes dead as well. It wasn't just oh, yeah. the white. So yeah, there were just, there was yeah. a bunch of dead and the caretakers just letting that, that go on. And it, you just yes. wanted to go outside mm -hmm. and it's fucked up. Yep. Should we, should we go into who that caretaker was, Daniel, or should we save that? <laughs> that one is totally up to you. Okay. You know, we're here. We're going to do it. Let's do it. So later on in my regression, I find out that the caretaker in this situation is actually my mother in this lifetime. And in the lifetime where I was this, this man who, you know, had the plague or leprosy or whatever I had she was my daughter. So she wasn't just a random caretaker. She was a person who, you know, was my flesh and blood. She should have been there wanting to take care of me. And her reaction is just letting all of these bodies pile up in this house. And me and my mother still have a very difficult relationship to this day. Uh, it is always a work in progress. However, finding that out sort of was an aha moment for myself. 
Did you share your experience with her? Oh, I did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> My mother is also very Catholic. <laughs> well, if things are ever contentious, it may be something fun to bring up. You left me there to die in my past life, Mom. Adelie, what are you talking about? I'll never forgive you. I had leprosy. Yeah, I don't remember if you did or not. I, I, I don't remember you specifically saying that. I think it, no. it's still one of those things where in my mind, yeah. I was just thinking like lepers, yeah. which is horrible that I that I jumped to those. But when you, It was you leprosy know, or plague. It was something that wasn't pretty. Yeah, you just take a bunch of dead people around and yep. someone who can't go outside. It's just like, yeah, yeah, like so... too weak to go outside. I used all of my energy to pour that porridge on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, you know, still, just it's the. I always just find that there's something very poetic there oh, when yes. it comes to parents and children, and in that life, you gave that woman life. Yes. In this life, your mother, that woman, gave you life. Mm-hmm. So there's something that's, I mean, set aside any personal issues. Yeah. There's just something so poetic about that. Very true. It is very true. It's literally flipping the narrative on its head and still sort of keeping some nuances in there. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Were there any other lives that you saw or was that? last one there was the orbs but that was more of a lesson what'd you get with the orbs <laughs> so my very last one and i finally figured out how to explain the grass so you're going to be very excited about this Ooh. uh so my last life that i saw i think it was more so a pre-incarnation after a few times of listening um but i was an orb and i was just a shiny little orb and the best way to describe what I was doing is I was resting in grass, but it wasn't grass. It looked like, or not looked, but it felt like vermicelli noodles, like like noodles, like rice noodles. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was the grass that I felt like I was in. It was very odd, but it was not like an unpleasant feeling. I'm Grass makes me itchy. So I think of like lay on a bed of noodles as exciting times. Are these noodles... <laughs> boiled noodles or are they oh no they're boiled noodles okay yeah, so, so it's like, like that flowy mm-hmm. gotcha yeah so it's like laying on a bed of like flowy little noodles or like silica you know just <laughs> well for my carb obsession that that sounds like heaven to me right who a does bed it of want? noodles <laughs> just need some marinara sauce or something it's like better than a water bed <laughs> yes i agree So I'm like resting on my noodle ground and I can see these little orbs above me and they're, it looked like they were playing or sort of bouncing around, having a grand old time. And you're asking me, why don't I go play with these orbs? So eventually I get, I go up and I'm trying to play with these orbs. We're all bouncing around, having a, having a grand old orb time up there. And you asked if I could touch one of them. And that's sort of when I started figuring out how they communicate with each other. And it was sort of just a knowing. You would just, I would get a thought pop into my head and that's just how they would talk. And that's how they were talking to me. Uh, So I went over to this orb and I'm like, can I touch you? And I tried to sort of blend the energies. It's sort of like an aura 
you know, the energetic field around this little orb. So I tried to blend my little orb energy with it. And this orb pulls away and it's like, no, you can't touch me. So me being me, I have to know why. Why can I not touch you? What's the big deal? And the explanation that I got was, if you touch me, it will be very overwhelming to you because I'm going to get basically just huge knowledge bombs dropped that maybe I'm not ready for. And that sort of turned into a dialogue of figuring out how I am able to feel people's energies in this lifetime as Adelie. So one of the things that they were saying was, when I touch people, I know things. And it's very true. If I'm trying to remember something, even when I'm at work, I work as a waitress, and I forget something at a table, I'll touch one of my friends who's in the back has nothing to do with this table, touch my friend, and suddenly it's like, hey, this is what you needed. This is what they're looking for. Um, so it's a really weird happening where if I touch people, I know things. And it works sort of vice versa. When people touch me, I get a hit of their energy or whatever is going on with them. And I'm like, oh, they're going through a really hard time right now because of this, this, and this. And it can get very specific. And I haven't really learned how to harness that yet, which is why the orb said, do not touch me because I would get information that I wouldn't be able to know how to process. So in return, what ended up happening was I got a really fun lesson on what certain feelings that I get mean that I haven't been able to interpret. The first of which in my physical body, as I'm hypnotized, I can feel my feet get really cold and really tingly. And so when they said your feet get tingly, whenever there's something very good happening around you to somebody that I'm directly sort of like energetically mixed with at the time, something really good is going to happen to them. If I'm alone and my feet get tingly, it means something really good's happening to me. Yay me. Same concept with my hands. When my hands got really cold, that would mean if my left hand, I'm trying to remember specifically, I have it written down somewhere. I believe it was if my left hand gets cold, it meant that there was sickness. And if my right hand got cold, it meant that there was sort of like a an energetic bad, there was something bad that was energetically happening, not so much like a physical ailment. Pretty sure that's how that went. I still listen to my recording when I sleep, so I'm still working on retaining all of it. <laughs> if I remember correctly, again, still please correct me if I'm wrong here. When the orb thing came up during your session, it's not like you were you were 100% on board with it. No. If I remember. You were like, what, what the hell is this? Yes. I was like, just, just, just roll with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you asked, look at your feet. And I said, "I well, I don't have feet. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, why it's just interesting for me to hear you present it that way. It's just thinking back to your session when... Because in the way it's it's coming forward now, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, this is what it was. Yeah. You know, just very matter of fact with confidence. And during your session, <laughs> what the hell is going on right now? I don't yes. know how to feel. Like, these, <laughs> you want me to do what with the orb? You want me to go talk to an orb? Like, what? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was, it was go, very go, much like go. that. Just go. 
you're like, just why don't you go up there and play? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I don't know what they're playing, how they're playing. I don't know what's going on. And for me, it was very, it was very difficult just to get hypnotized. Like in my own head, I have a hard time letting go. So imagine trying to realize and reconcile, like I'm an orb that needs to go play with other orbs, but I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think, was that, was that one of those times like where you were like, yeah, I don't know how they're, you know, what they're playing or this or that. I'm just like, just go ask them. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're like, go ask them. And I was like, well, I don't know how. And you're like. Just so casually. Just <laughs> yes. go ask the orbs. They'll tell you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's the fun stuff like that. It's, it's, you know, all part of a day's work. Just go talk to the orbs. They'll tell you what's going on. They'll tell you go the game talk. they're playing. Go try to touch one. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> they still touch me. And you're like, okay. But why? <laughs> but I'm just saying, they they told you they tell you right I told you they, they just they they, they tell did. you they tell you they, they tell you just just mm-hmm. the orbs will tell you just just go yep. ask the orbs. Yes. Yeah. Well, and one of the really good things about the orb experience was it made me very much more aware. So, side note for everybody else, uh, people like to grab me a lot, and I think I told you that people mm-hmm. have a tendency of just grabbing me and trying to pull me away. It might have to do with my arm tattoo. It's happened a lot more since that's come up. But yeah, even before that, I was, someone grabbed me and tried to pull me down an alley in Bahrain. And constant, I was constantly being grabbed and pulled and pushed. And after the orb experience and sort of learning what these little intuitive messages are. So going up and playing with orbs paid off because now I can sense when somebody's actually making a move to grab me, even if I have no awareness that they're there so right after my session with daniel i went to a place in north hollywood to go eat and i walked out of this restaurant and literally it's on a corner i walked out and this guy had come around the corner and was actively grabbing for my arm but i felt his presence as like a lightning bolt down my arm so i moved it and i was able to avoid him grabbing me But on the flip side of it, since our session, I've also become very aware of the energies of other people when I'm interacting with them. So as a server, I work in the, with a lot of people, I sort of have a feeling about tables and things like that before I go out to them. I can tell how their day has been. I can tell if one of them is going to be that person to try to grab my arm or whatever. Oh, let me see it. And as soon as people touch me, like I said, I sort of get a hit of whatever is going on in their life. And sometimes it's great, but most of the time when people grab you, it's usually not a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking, like, this is like, <laughs> it's, it, this is where the dichotomy comes into play for me also, because one of the first things I always tell everyone right before the actual regression mm-hmm. is just to trust whatever comes through. Like, no matter how absurd it is, just trust whatever comes through. Like, we'll pick it apart after. But if you just trust whatever comes through, everything will make sense. If you allow the Mm -hmm. process to unfold, everything will make sense. Just trust whatever comes through. Now, when I say trust whatever comes through, that's all encompassing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't have feet. Oh, there are these orbs playing. Just just go talk to the orbs. Just go talk to the orbs. Everything. Just go talk to the orbs. Just, just, just ask them. Just ask them. Yeah, 
Yep. That's why it's just always so funny to me. It's like I'm so clear about it right before we, you know, we go into that space. This ain't even during the pre-session. This is right before I have you close your eyes. Just yes. Trust whatever comes through, <laughs> no matter how absurd it may be. Just yep. trust whatever comes through. It will all make sense. And then there's me. I'm like, I'm in this grass, but it's not grass. I can't describe it right now. <laughs> like, just fuck the grass. <laughs> What's going on with the arms? <laughs> See, that's why this is what today was for, for you to describe the grass to be like boiled rice noodles. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that wouldn't really have accomplished much. No. See, like, and, you know, that it's moments like that, even as a practitioner. Mm-hmm. where where I have to ask myself, what's important here? Mm-hmm. Is it important? Because, yeah, still, I know this is like the third time I'm saying this, but please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, you didn't mention the rice noodles, the rice noodle no. grass or anything like that. Like, so in a moment like that, what, what the book would say mm-hmm. is for us to spend a lot of time with the description On my of the, rice. <laughs> yeah, of, of the space around you. Mm-hmm. We're at, because it's it's about orienting you into the space, mm-hmm. which I understand, which is very important, orienting you into that. Yeah. Because if you're not, then you're not going to really, you know, it's like mm-hmm. even at the beginning, you know, just as you were saying, it's it's hard for you to let go. Mm-hmm. It was a matter of getting you comfortable and just oriented in that space. Yeah. And it was very easy for you to do that with, with your hedgehog because mm-hmm. it was just a matter of being there. And same thing with the pool. Yes. And... I I personally just my mindset is we can cover so much more ground if I say screw it. Yeah. With the description of the grass in this place. We've already established that it's an otherworldly place mm-hmm. or something like that. Because you're a fucking orb. So like, <laughs> You don't have feet. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, I'm also thinking, how will this help you in your life? Mm-hmm. If you're telling me that oh the sky is it it's blue it's a different shade of blue than i don't think you did but because it didn't matter because you were already oriented into the space so it's Mm -hmm. like let's cover some ground here because this is what's going to help you in your everyday life you know because how would that be beneficial with the sky it's cool sure Mm -hmm. the whole thing with the grass yeah sure it, it i'm sure the listeners right now are like Ooh, I mean, I know I am, but mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's cool for me to hear and for everyone else to hear, mm-hmm. but how would it help you during the session? And the answer is it wouldn't. So once you're in, it's like, all right, let's fucking do this. Let's mm-hmm. let's have you go talk to the orbs, you know, do your thing, because that's what's going to help you. And I mean, I guess I bring this up for everyone because process is important Mm-hmm. And as long as you're not cutting corners, it's okay to improvise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm bringing this up also because I know that a lot of people listening are thinking about getting into the spiritual space as practitioners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, throw the book out every once in a while because yes. here's the other thing. As a practitioner, I may have shot myself in the foot there. Mm-hmm. by covering so much ground with you because you may have walked away. Well, let's just back up a little bit. Even in those other lives, if we mm-hmm. spend so much time on you telling me about, oh, this is the bracelet I'm wearing is the, or, you know, I'm, 
I have hairy legs. They're not that hairy. They're a little hairy. You know, the, they're graying hairs. Some mm-hmm. are gray. Some are brown. What color so, is the brown that you were when you were an old man? <laughs> right. It's like, if I can orient you into that space and you're there, mm-hmm. you're there. Now, with mm-hmm. the shooting myself in the foot part, if we spent so much time on detail, mm-hmm. you still would have walked away with something. However, you may have left a little more unfulfilled or you may not have. Mm-hmm. And as a practitioner in a material world, that would only benefit me to, you know, yes. if we didn't cover as much ground. True. But, you know, th- and get, this isn't me looking for a pat on a bat on the back. It's just because for those of you out there, mm-hmm. this isn't about me, in, you know, in that moment. It's not, oh, can I benefit from this more, you know, to get Adelie back for another mm-hmm. session? Well, the truth is you very well could just come back for another session because you got something out of this one. Yeah. Instead of feeling less, it felt like needing more. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what's the right thing to do right now? It's no, let's cover as much ground as we can. And also trusting in the process that your higher self is not going to give you more mm-hmm. than you're ready for. Because I do trust that the higher oh, yeah. self will not overwhelm you. It would have given you like a gimme life at the end of it or something. Mm-hmm. Just one where you are frolicking in the field. Not necessarily as an orb, but <laughs> just as a little German girl or something like that in the 1400s. Yeah. Or, you know, Gaul in the 900s, which I believe France was Gaul around that time. <laughs> Maybe it was Gaul or, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm good with geography, but sometimes I get the names wrong because, you know. We'll forgive you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another <laughs> thing, even with names, is let's just say you found yourself in France a thousand mm-hmm. years ago or over a thousand years ago. We could spend so much time seeking out the name of the country that you're in yes. only for you to be like, I don't know what the name. They're, they're saying, what was Gak? Y'all, like, what? Mm-hmm. Are you in France? No, they don't know what France is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was my that was my tangent right now. Where were we? Sorry, Adelie. But well, the thing is, I sort of I, like I appreciate that instead of spending time on the vermicelli grass, which obviously came to me later after I re-listened to it, because if you hadn't made those executive decisions and sort of just been like, you know. She's in this area. Let's get her oriented. And your 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 version, and obviously it's my version of orientation, is by action. So by me being able to get up and do things as an orb was able to orient me in that space a lot better than taking in my surroundings. Because to me, at that point, my conscious self would be way too analytical about what is this grass when in reality I should be focusing on what are these orbs trying to tell me. And in that lifetime is when I learned some massive lessons about what I need to be working on in this physical present time. So it all worked out. And I appreciate the fact that you were able to do that for me. Thank you. And I know you're the only one that could see, but I was just sitting there shaking my head and nodding or nodding in agreement the entire time. I mean, Adelie covered it perfectly there. So for anyone listening, if process is important, but sometimes you just got to trust your gut and throw out the book. Exactly. So that was the final life-ish that you saw, right? Mm -hmm. And are you comfortable talking about what came up for you with the higher self? 
Sure. I'm still working on retaining a lot of it. So it's, it's a process, my friends. Uh, so my higher self blanked me out to a lot, most of it actually, whenever we first did it. Uh, and then after listening to some of the recordings and also going through a pro or an integration, integration time, that sort of certain things would trigger off to what my higher self had told me. For example, I used to get terrible migraines. I now no longer get migraines at all because one of the things my higher self told me was migraines are actually the way that they're sort of saying like, hey, you're going way too hard and we have a message for you. You need to listen. So if I keep avoiding whatever message or whatever lesson is trying to come to me at that point, literally, it's sort of like when you're going too hard and you get a cold or you get the flu and it's just like a dead stop. A migraine is a surefire way to put me into a dead stop where I have no other option but to sit in a room that is cold and dark by myself with nothing and process whatever is going on in my head. However, now instead of getting headaches, I sort of just get little knowledge bombs. It's like, hey, this is what you should know right now. And I might get a little headache. And when I say little, it's like maybe two seconds where I'm like, ooh, what's going on? And then suddenly I'm like, okay, I know what's happening. And I don't have to take out a day and a half to be able to recuperate from whatever I'm supposed to be learning. Yes. That's a win. But I think that's only a win because you listened. Yes. Because you didn't have to listen. No. You'd be like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Oh, yeah. But you listened. Yep. So, yeah. And I've said so like 30 times. I get very particular with my grammar here. I shouldn't, <laughs> but I do. Because, yeah. Anyways. All right. I was about to say so again. That's the beauty of this process. Mm-hmm is it's what you decide to do with the information. Yes, absolutely. So going with that, I will share my dream. This isn't so much a higher, like what happened with my higher self. However, Daniel did some cleaning up in the fun parts of my head where obviously, as I mentioned, me and my mom have certain traumas, but just in general with our relationship. Uh, I also personally struggle with motivation, being able to go to the gym and eat a proper diet and doing things like that. So Daniel sort of went through and helped me release some old narratives that my subconscious was holding on to. Now, when he did that, I went to sleep that night and I had a dream and it was a wild dream. And it was the version of Inception where they had built up this huge city, right? And all of the, like there were these big buildings, but a lot of them were gutted out. And the ones that were gutted, I was in the passenger seat of this car. I was being driven around and I asked whoever was sitting next to me, don't remember who they were, but I'm like, what are, what's the point of these buildings? Why are half of them gone? Why are some of them still standing? But they're basically just to the studs. There's nothing there. And the answer that I got was, this is what's left of certain beliefs that you have. They're still standing because you have a choice to make. You can either repair them to where they were, meaning keeping on the same track, holding on to those narratives, staying in the very safe place 
where I felt comfortable, but where I wasn't technically happy, holding on to those beliefs that were keeping me down. And they would rebuild and they would be exactly as they were in your own little comfy home. However, they're not serving you. They're not good for you. Or you can totally torch them, go through, burn it all down and start over. But you, you're making the choice to do it the hard, not the hard way really, but it's the harder option for you. So basically you went through, you cleaned it out. It was my choice whether or not I wanted to rebuild in a new way or build to the old way that wasn't going to be helpful. Yeah. While I'm very <laughs> appreciative of that, I'm still a little reluctant with the terminology of I cleaned it out because yeah. I, I look, I, I asked the questions. I asked the right questions, but as you learned at the beginning of the session, like the mm -hmm. actual regression, it, it came down to you. Yes. 100% it came down to you because without you, there was nothing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if, you know, how on top of my game I am. Fair. Like once you started to allow everything to flow at the beginning, that's mm -hmm. when things started to happen. So I just asked the questions when it came to, you know, cleaning the gook out. Mm -hmm. Because you at that point, as you were saying earlier, it's difficult for you to let go. Like there's mm -hmm. resistance in letting go. The answers that were coming up were not. Yeah, they weren't rosy. I mean, they, they weren't egregious, but it mm -hmm. was, you know, it's stuff that. That I think it takes someone willing to look at their shit. Mm -hmm. To acknowledge it now. Yeah. It, and this is this is on a scale and mm -hmm. you know I, I don't want to say it's a sliding scale necessarily because for some things people may look at it and say oh that's nothing like that that's no big deal whereas other people would look at that same thing and be like oh my god that's the most nerve-wracking thing in the world how can anyone deal with that you know it's it's totally yes. tailored to the individual so mm -hmm. that's my way of also telling everyone right now who's listening just just think of what it is in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever that daunting thing is, it doesn't have to be a 10. It can just be a 10 to you, but it may be a one or two for the rest of the world. Yes. And you were willing to go there. Mm -hmm. So I mean, so I, I appreciate it. Yeah. But still, I, you you went there. I guess the better the better way would be Daniel helped me clean out some stuff. He guided me towards the stuff. <laughs> oh, I'll own that one. Yeah, he guided me towards the stuff that needed the cleaning out. <laughs> and then he just helped me torch it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that too. I asked the question that you wanted me to ask because yeah. that was a question that was on your questionnaire. So this is a really yeah. fun analogy that just popped in my head. So now I have to say it. It's sort of like the friend that you go to if you're like, hey, friend, I need to bury a body. They're not really doing much they're just sort of there as your moral support while you dig the hole yourself and dump the body in. That's basically yeah. Daniel. He's my he's my friend that I call whenever I need to bury a body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, hey, the mortician's coming. Just stop. <laughs> exactly. Or the mortician's leaving for the night. Stand still. <laughs> Don't uh, move. Yes. There are no grave diggers here. <laughs> yeah, that, that I think that's a a better. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you're great. Like the can, I, 
Can I use that sometimes? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll give you credit for it because credit's important. I'll appreciate that. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did it again. So, I say like a lot, so it's cool. <laughs> oh, we're good. Yeah. There's something you brought up earlier that I'd like to touch on if you're okay with it. It was yeah. when you were talking about doing readings for people mm -hmm. and telling them that they yes. need to change. Why do you feel that that's detrimental? Oh, because people weren't coming to me for readings. This is just hits that I would get in everyday life. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's a fun joke that I make, but it's it's a serious joke in the sense of I was, I used to always say, you have to be going through something to be my friend because people who are going through something tend to gravitate towards me. And I have this weird ability to be, to be able to just be like, oh, you're going through a hard time. I give you a hug. And when I give you a hug, suddenly I know exactly what path you need to take, how you're supposed to get there, the immediate action moves that you need to do. I know about your whole situation or enough to realize where you're, you're going wrong if you continue with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So imagine going through that in everyday life constantly with every person you meet, people brushing you on the street, getting a hit of like, oh, that person is, their mom is super emotionally abusive to them and they need to start standing up for themselves. But before I knew that was something that happened to me a lot, I would just say it to that person. You need to stand up for yourself more with your mom just randomly. And they're like, what are you even talking about? How do you know? So it's learning to sort of put that filter up and being like, that person may not be ready to hear this yet. So don't say it. Just keep it to yourself until they're ready. Yeah. I mean, I asked the question because it got me thinking mm -hmm. about, because I mean, it seems like this episode is tailored to future practitioners. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to share a quick story. And, you know, as Adeline and I were talking about just before we press record, I was just kind of telling her a little bit about my journey mm -hmm. as a past life regressionist in private and then becoming more public about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm someone who never really utilized social media. It's like I had a Facebook since college, but I never really posted on it. I mm -hmm. didn't have an Instagram until 2019, like a personal one and never posted on it. Cause it was at that point where I'm like, I've been a past life regressionist for a couple of years now. I'm probably going to want to start putting myself out there on social media to take this in a different direction. So I probably should, should play with social media a little bit and just get a feel for it. I, I didn't. And <laughs> then, <laughs> then in, I think it was April of 2020 is when I created my, my, uh, my business account on Instagram. And that's when I started becoming more active on it. And at that point, you know, been a practitioner for four years. But it was like I was opened up to this whole other world mm -hmm. on the, the, the ecosphere of the spiritual world and social media. I'm like, oh, this is a different echo chamber than I'm used to being in. And the world was going through some shit at the time, well, April 2020, May 2020, in, in that area. Like, I don't need to elaborate on that. Like, you all live through it. And... I myself, I believe that everyone is susceptible in one way or another to things that they think that they're not susceptible to when it comes to being vulnerable to what is out there. Mm 
I'm not talking about dark entities or anything like that. Oh, there's always a possibility. I'm just saying posts on social media and shit yeah. like that. And being in that new echo chamber, I started to see, you know, and then following spiritual practitioner accounts and spiritual business accounts and, and, and so on and so forth. And a lot of the, the guru stuff a bit and, and not still not being on board with it. But then I, I was still susceptible in a way where there was a message that was being repeated over and over on a lot of these platforms, which was you attract the right clients, you know, the, the perfect clients, you know, they, you track them because you are the right practitioner for them, blah, 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 blah. And I started to take that to heart thinking, well, the universe has brought me these people and, you know, or, or the algorithm has put this account on my, on my explore page. So follow that account. And I have this unique ability to break down to the core really quickly mm-hmm. and get to an issue and just like go for the jugular, like really <laughs> fucking go for it. And I was very, very effective. Mm-hmm. The sessions that I used to conduct, keyword used to conduct, mm-hmm. <laughs> could have been like five years of shadow work rolled up into one. It's just like one session. It's just like, we're going there. We're going there. I did it. These these <laughs> spiritual accounts told me that I attract the clients who only I can help. <laughs> this and that. And what do I have the unique ability to do? Go for the jugular. Go for the jugular. Go for the jugular. And... Everyone started to cry very quickly because even though I would feel a slight bit of resistance, it was like a gentle nudge mm-hmm. at that point. Be like, you know, this is what's best. You know, never to the point of anything beyond that. I need to be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. But it was like asking the same question twice when you feel resistance the first time. And then seeing if they're willing to go there the second time, awesome. Mm -hmm. And then after being on social media for a little while, I started to see those patterns creeping up of, these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yep. They, They don't. I'm sorry. Does the universe work that way and you attract the right clients? Maybe. But it was my own fucking ego that got in the way. Mm-hmm. Of think okay, well, I attracted the right clients because I'm the one who can really get to the core of it quick. Yeah. And then finally having to ask myself, is this about me or is this about them? I think it was about both, to be honest, because it was about helping. But there was also the sense of pride that I had of like, oh, yeah, I did this. Like I did that. Now, here's the thing that I will say that kind of bothers me a little bit. I don't feel that I am as effective as a practitioner now as I was then because I softened my edges so much, Mm -hmm. like just so much because it was seeing that maybe today isn't the right day. Maybe they need to be gung-ho and coming in 
just overly enthusiastic about going to those places. So that that was a reckoning. And it's something I'm still reckoning with, you know, feeling that I'm not, I'm not getting to the core of it the -hmm. way that I, that I know that I can. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's, that's part of the problem because I think also it was the, the ego part of it, of just seeing like, uh, people are getting wrapped up in a bunch of bullshit. Uh So cut through the bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the way that that I tried to counteract that mm-hmm. was the lighthearted approach. You mm-hmm. know, like as we talked about before the recording, doing the spiritual satire episodes mm-hmm. with my buddy, the country clairvoyant, Christian Bradley West, where we just take this lighthearted approach to like, hey, here are the things to look out for, and hopefully this will help you know, open people's eyes a little bit more to things. But mm-hmm. so I guess that's the question that we have to ask ourselves is like, even if we can, mm-hmm. should we? Even if yeah. if we do see, oh my God, this person is, they're in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Do we say something? You know, and and I used to think, the answer overwhelmingly went to the side of yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if it's done through saying or through inquiry. Mm-hmm. You know, just asking the question. And if 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 there's nothing there, if the eyes are glazed over in a sense when the question's asked, then it's like metaphorically speaking, not actually glazed over. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just you know, <laughs> because... I think being around it enough also and seeing that there are some people who who don't want that mm-hmm. like they they want they want you to fix them. Yes. But they don't want to hear anything else. Mm-hmm. And I don't they want think you to do the work. They want exactly. You to and I don't think either of those things are healthy. Mm-mm. I think it's really that common ground of just questions, question, yes. question. Mm-hmm. question question and yeah so you know I, I could sit here and say oh I'm channeling right now that's why I knew that this message needed to come through so I could <laughs> some I know someone needed to hear this and spirit came I don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck it, I don't know I just felt like this is the direction we were going in so I brought it up plain and well, simple well it's funny that you you bring this up because part of my regression whenever so when I was the redhead guy, you know, often whatever land I was in and I with the son who was the hunter. Yeah. The, <laughs> yes. But hey, you, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my kilt? <laughs> it wasn't a kilt. It was kind of a kilt. Do you like my kiltish skirt? <laughs> I like your beaver pelt. Where's her? <laughs> It was a rabbit pelt. <laughs> I like your rabbit pelt. Oh my god. My boy. <laughs> I'm just imagining this little kid I saw just jolly along with that. <laughs> hey, Papa. <laughs> hey, Papa, come back. Please stay. <laughs> That's English. You do Scottish better. <laughs> Papa, we Scottish, but we do not Irish. <laughs> you see me leprechauns. 
That kid probably was a leprechaun. <laughs> Adelie, you oh, took it one man. step too far. <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> I could, but I won't. <laughs> Please don't. I want to hear this. I want to hear this later. But you, uh, you asked if I knew that kid. In my, whenever we were interviewing my higher self, you asked if I knew that kid in this life, and it was a very hard and resounding no, is what I got. But, and I did, I haven't even told you this. As mm. I've been listening to the recordings, it came to me that that is not a person I know now, but it is a person who is going to be very significant in my life very soon. And the lesson from that remember from that life was very much slow down enjoy the like how far you've come know that you still have things to do however enjoy where you are take in what's coming to you so this person i'm pretty sure and i'll keep you updated is going to be very significant very soon but the fact that you knew to ask the question is very telling <laughs> well thank you yeah <laughs> I give you my two cents as a practitioner. Yes. If this person ends up being your significant other, they were your child in a past life, not this one. <laughs> well, thanks. You should have said that in a Scottish voice. <laughs> if they were your child in a past life, they weren't. They won't necessarily be one in this life. So when you're looking them in the eyes as you're consummating the marriage, <laughs> I have to wear that that blouse you wore. With my not kilt skirt. Yeah. Before you took it too far and that time I took it too far. Mm. It's some past life humor though. You gotta be at the world to understand it. Everybody's listening at this point. You guys are you're you're on board, right? You guys pretty much get it. Because <laughs> this is also the first episode I've recorded in a couple months, so I have a lot of pent up past life joke humor. Oh great. So so like Bring I, it I, out. I, I I made it like <laughs> yeah. Almost to the end of the episode. And I just couldn't hold it anymore. As I brought up this Scottish voice and, you know, talking about the kilts and banging your past life son. <laughs> With my rabbit cult. But this time they're not going to be your son. So it's okay. Taking it too far again. If this, if this person is my significant other, I'm making him listen to this. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, actually... Maybe that's something you don't ever want to tell them unless <laughs> like because you may understand it, but they may not. So they may not be able to differ it. Like, I think unless you go through the experience, mm -hmm. it's it's hard to like to really grasp on to, you know, the shifting of roles. And they would just like look at you like you were my father <laughs> or you were my father. I just happen to be Scottish in this life too. <laughs> oh man, you're not wrong though. No, no, he's so, gonna have to listen. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we firmly established already that it will be your significant other. This oh yeah. Probably will. Oh cool. Yeah, we I was just that. taking a shot in the wind there, but that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will you call him Scotty, even if his Absolutely. name is is Fred? <laughs> be like, excuse me, Scotty Fred. <laughs> Scotty Fred. <laughs> and when you guys go out for Halloween, you'll dress up like dress him as a peasant. ancient Scottish people. Absolutely. And you just smear blood on his face armor. and yeah, and blood from the 
the the rabbit pelt or something. Absolutely, yes. Taking this way too far. Anyways, this was fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> any final thoughts for everyone? Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So my final thought, I would say, my biggest issue when it was like I needed to trust myself was also trusting how I see things in my own mind. I personally, whenever we were in the regression, one of the things that I realized now that I was having trouble with was I see things in negatives, like a film that's a negative. So that's how I would get these flashes in my mind. And I was having the struggle because I'm a tangible person. I wanted to see it. I wanted to hear it. But my version of how I interpret things is just knowing. So I would see like a negative and then I would just know what was happening. So when Daniel says like, just trust what comes through, just trust it because it it makes things so much easier instead of trying to figure out why can I not see things in like color in real time and all of this, just accept what you get. <laughs> well, the irony of what you just said too is what I said earlier about, you know, one of the first things I say is just trust whatever comes through. What I didn't mention all right. I mean, I left out the first part of that statement is however you think you're going to experience this, mm-hmm. I can promise you it's not going to be that. Exactly. So just trust whatever comes in. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the. Yeah. Yep. So the first half. However you think this is yes. going to go, I can promise you it won't be that. Exactly. So that was that was yeah. my thing is I was like seeing things in negative was very odd for me at first. This is still why I don't understand why no one listens to me when I say this. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I could totally get it. And it's like, you know, the last session I did, uh, my client was talking about, you know, she held up a book. She's like, oh, this is the book I'm reading right now. And in my head, I'm just like, shit. <laughs> because when someone reads the books, mm-hmm. I think that it's there's even more of an expectation that becomes solidified of yes. how you're going to experience this. Because naturally, I think when we're reading, we all visualize differently. Mm-hmm. And that expectation is never going to be met. I'm just telling everyone right now. It is yeah. never going to be what you think it is. It could mm-hmm. be much, it could just be much, much simpler. Mm-hmm. Or it could be much more of a spectacle. It's probably going to go more the long, along the lines of simpler than you thought. Yes. But it's never going to be what you think. So... Mm-hmm. Still, I, I get why no one listens, but why doesn't anyone listen to me when I say this? We all want to learn the hard way. <laughs> so then I say, and it's like, oh boy, now we got to spend a few minutes. Like we're cutting into the time now because <laughs> they didn't listen to what I said about, about expectations and just trusting however it's coming through. Yep. So we just like to be difficult sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I get it too. My, my first session. That was half of it was spent with expectations. So, yes. mm-hmm. and then I let go. I was like, Ew. yeah, that's when I turned into an orb. <laughs> yeah. Well, that came yeah. a little later. I think you let yeah. go of the expectations a little while. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't take too long. I mean, maybe 10 minutes, if I remember correct. Seven, yeah. 10, 12. Yeah. Minutes. It, was, it was about 10. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. I take much longer than that trying to get people to drop their expectations. That's fair. Sometimes but I don't have to then... work at all to get people to drop their expectations. They just walk in. Ew, orbs. <laughs> orbs. What, what is this grass focus on the orbs? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so slippery. I just want to lay on a bed of noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does. That's that's heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks for being here today, Adeline. Where can everyone yeah. reach you? Ooh, so my Instagram is Adelie.james. And then I've got a Facebook account, Adelie Deal. Both of those are personal accounts. And if you ever want to reach out, just sort of get a take on where you're at in your journey. I'm a newcomer. I'm still discovering things and I'm totally down to chat it up and figure out, you know, if you have any questions on your mind's eye, which is what I struggle with. I want to see the things but I'm coming to accept that I can't look at things how I expect them to be. Cool. And if I don't get canceled by the past life regression community for the atrocious (laughs) jokes that I've made today, I'll see everyone for the next episode. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a sesh with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com. Hey, time traveler. Are you trying to learn your birth chart and you're struggling through all those confusing layers of signs, houses, planets, degrees, aspects. I have a four-level self-paced course that makes this process so much clearer. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. I'm an instructor and mentor for folks like you that are trying to learn all of this trendy new astrological information for themselves and their own lives. Each level of my course is specifically designed to dive deep into the chart and help make sense of all those different parts and pieces. I developed this course to directly improve all the problems that I personally encountered on my journey to learning my own birth chart so that you don't have to. All of the information is presented in a way that is digestible and set up to promote the most effective retention and set you up for real success. By the end of our last level, you'll be ready to practice interpreting the transits and the aspects for yourself. You can visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology for more information and to order yours today. You can also use code time to learn for a 10% discount off of your bundle today. This is my way of saying thank you so much for being part of the Timeless Spirituality community. I enjoy working with all of you so much that listen to me over on That Witch Podcast. So don't forget, if you're struggling to learn your birth chart, you want to finally make sense of all of this, visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology and use code time to learn for 10% off at checkout. Thank you so much, time traveler. Thank you, Daniel, the past life regressionist. And I'll see you all in class.